0: God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. So how do you see yourself? That's a question I asked myself today when I read Acts chapter 22. Now we're living in a day of more confusion perhaps than ever before when people are trying to answer that question. And Without being uh, sarcastic in any way and certainly not trying to be humorous, uh, people don't even know whether they're male or female or something else. Even biology cannot speak to that and certainly God cannot for many, many such people. So there was a time when perhaps this was easier just socially. Maybe I could say, uh, you know, I'm I'm Democrat and I'm Methodist and I'm American, right? Or you know, I'm Baptist, I'm I'm Republican, I'm American. And there was a time when perhaps those three would have neatly overlapped. The question is, do they now? And more importantly, what is the defining ethic that governs your life? How do you see yourself? When we think about the Apostle Paul, you know, Paul was living in Rome. He was living in a cosmopolitan environment. He was living in where people were citizens of the world. Of course, the world was Rome. Rome was the world at that time. Had Paul been living in Moses' day, for instance, you know, coming out of Egypt in the Exodus, those there, there was a mass of people that had a, a common history. They had a common uh, direction. They had, uh, you know, they eventually they shared the Ten Commandments. And there were strangers among them. There were people who uh, you might call proselytes. They came to faith in Jehovah God. But... In Paul's day, a Jewish man, it was a fair question. What defined him? Well, that came to a head in Acts chapter 22, when people that were of his own countrymen, had the same history, had the same Ten Commandments and so on, uh, took Paul and basically as a mob brought him before the centurion. That is the, the Roman uh, authorities. Now, you know, who would have more in common with Paul? Was it the Roman authorities who may have, you know, saved his life or was it, uh, people of his own blood, the, the, the Jewish people that brought him before, uh, the centurion before the Romans, who, who was Paul? Well, that's, that's a very important question to answer for oneself, because you will not know how to act until you know who you are. All of us know young people who are, you know, maybe they're teenagers or young adults and they're trying to figure out who they are. You know, what, what kind of person are they? Uh, where are they headed? And what is their identity? You, you will not know how to act until you know who you are. So who was Paul? Well, he was Jewish, but he was not primarily Jewish. That was not the governing ethic. In verse 1 of, of chapter 22, he says, Men, brethren, and fathers. Now he, he's talking to those who were likewise Jewish, and so they were, they were brethren. Hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And the Bible says that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue. He did that because his audience would have understood and appreciated the Hebrew tongue. And so presumably, not presumably, for, for sure, the centurion that stood by the Roman didn't, didn't understand a word of, of what Paul said, what, what followed. Uh, he goes on to say in verse 3, I am verily a man which am a Jew. And he goes on to give all his, his credentials. He, he trained at the feet of Gamaliel, a, 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 you know, a, a very revered teacher. Uh, he was zealous. He persecuted people of this way, the, those who were Christ's followers, delivering them uh, unto death and, and to prison. Uh, and he says in verse five, "Look, the high priest can vouch for this. The high priest right now, he's alive. He commissioned me. You know, he 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 can vouch for my my credentials. I I'm a Jewish man, but he was not primarily Jewish, and so much of what follows is." is to a Jewish audience. He speaks of meeting a man named Ananias who, quote, had a good report of all the Jews which dwelt uh, there in in Ananias' area. Well, that was important to the people hearing. But he was not primarily Jewish. Uh, He was not primarily a Roman citizen. In verse 26, the centurion, that is the Roman official, heard that, quote, this man is a Roman, and he he became frightened. He had put... uh, Paul in constraints and he realized, wow, this man is a Roman, he's a Roman citizen, he's under the Roman law, I could be in trouble for imprisoning a Roman citizen. And yet Paul was not primarily a Roman citizen or a citizen of the world. What was he? What defined him? Well, verse 13 tells us, he's recalling the story of how he came to Christ, uh, born of the seed of Abraham, the Savior of the world. And verse 13, he says, that Ananias came unto me, Paul says, and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. Now, such familial relationships, brethren, fathers, and so on, is talking about the national, the the DNA connection that Paul had with other Jewish people. But here he's talking about something far different. He's talking about, a man who was brother, not simply because he was Jewish, but because he was a believer in the, the Christ that God sent through a Jewish virgin, Mary. So who was Paul? Jewish, but not, not primarily, Roman citizen, but not primarily. He was Christian. Now, why does that matter? How did that affect the way Paul acted? Well, at this trial, if that's what you want to call it, Paul Paul was on the defense, but he was not primarily. A member of the defense in verse one, he says, uh, "Hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you." And yet, what follows is a declarative message. Paul is not really primarily on the defense here; he's not being offensive in personality, but he's he's going right at it. So he's not primarily the defense. Uh, he's not primarily the prosecution in verse 4 he recalls how I persecuted this way that is the followers of Christ under the death and yet Paul wasn't prosecuting those who were believers nor was he trying to beat people over the head that did not know that Jesus is the Christ he wasn't trying to to bully his way uh, to their submission to, to Jesus Christ he's not doing that he's not the defense he's not the prosecution what is he He's a witness. Verse 15 says, For thou, Jesus said to him, For thou shalt be his witness. That is the God of our fathers. He, he, he said, and Ananias related, that Paul would be a witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. What a wonderful thing. Paul didn't have to be super uh, human. He just had, had to have supernatural help. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be convincing in and of your personality. You just need to tell what you know, what you've seen, what you've heard. Two of the disciples, when they initially were confronted with the Lord Jesus at the beginning of of uh, his earthly ministry, one of them said, "Well, can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" To which his brother replied, "Well, just come and see. Just come and see." He's simply being a witness. He's not the prosecution beating people into submission. He's not the witness being defensive. Hey, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, but, I, but I'm really a nice guy. None of that. No, he was merely a witness empowered by God to affirm Christ. Now look, how do you see yourself? Now I'm thankful I'm an American. I am. But is that the governing ethic of my life? Is my Does my political party, does that define the governing ethic of my life? Or is it, that I am a Christian, I am a Christ follower, I am a believer. You know, if you've been overseas abroad, you know the feeling of seeing another American, if you are an American. You know, if I saw, say, a Nashvillian in the Philippines, I've been to the Philippines and I live near Nashville, I would know that not, not merely an American accent, not merely a Southern accent, but a Nashville accent. Now, I don't have it, but I can hear it. When I get back home after being on the road for some time, I listen to the radio and I can hear that Nashville accent. And I just, I love it. You know what, so if I found a Nashvilleian say, in, in Manila, well, there's, a, there's an instant attraction. Here's another American, here's another uh, Tennessean, here's another Nashvilleian. But what if, I, what if I met a Filipino believer in Nashville? To whom would I be closer drawn, to the Nashvilleian in the Philippines or to the believer from the Philippines in Tennessee? How do you see yourself? It does matter. And you will not know how to act until you know who you are.